0: told you today that um, there was one thing that you could do and if you did it, it would bring you more joy, it would bring you more happiness, it would make you more content, it would make you less stressed, it it, it might even actually help you live longer, would you do it? I mean, if it was a pill and I could sell it, you'd probably buy it and take it. But if there's one thing you could do, would you do that? There is one thing you can do. It's called practicing gratitude. And so this morning we're starting a new series called 21 Days of Gratitude. And starting Friday, two days ago, maybe you've been following us and maybe you've been part of the journey online. You've been able to do that too and through your social media Outlets, but we've been practicing and posting one thing every day that you're great that we're grateful for so that we can practice gratitude. Uh, and all these things do really happen in our life when we practice it. There's a there's a story of a man who uh, went to his rabbi because he was miserable. He said, My whole family, all nine of us, are living in one room. And it is miserable. It's miserable living in this one room. And so the rabbi said, I, I've got a solution. Take your goat and move him inside with you and come back in a week. So the man moved the goat inside and he came back in a week and he said, this is, this is ridiculous, I can't stand it. He said, the goat makes noises, he keeps us up at night, he stinks, he uses the bathroom inside. He said, this is miserable, what should I do? He said, go back home, take the goat, move him back outside, come back in a week. You know what's going to happen. So the guy comes back in a week and he says, I how's life going? He said it's beautiful. I'm overjoyed. He said there's only nine of us in here. He said it's incredible with the goat outside. And isn't it something that really what gratitude is about is it's about a matter of perspective. You don't have to be rich to be grateful and you can be poor and be grateful. Gratitude's not about what you have, it's about how you look at it. It's about perspective. And so we're going to be talking in the next three weeks about how do we take this journey together of 21 days of gratitude. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus encountered 10 men, and uh, we learn a lot about his encounter with them and how gratitude works. Luke chapter 17, 11, the Bible says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus he was traveling, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. All these um, things that you read in this verse all have a very specific reason. And we won't talk about all of them, but uh, hopefully you'll grab most of them. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, let's just start first with the thought of what is leprosy. Uh, w- probably you've never met anyone, I've never met anyone that had leprosy. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to overcome it by and large in the world. But it's one of the worst diseases you can imagine. There's the physical pain, sores, your, your flesh just begins to deteriorate and eat away. There's uh, eventually missing fingers and missing toes, and then, and then you begin to uh, have nerve damage and lose the sensation in your body so that you can't feel things, which causes more suffering. And then there's the, um, just the weeping and the crying that comes with the pain. And then there's the smell. Your, what happens is, is your, your cells are breaking down and actually deteriorating and rotting. And it causes a terrible smell. And then there's the emotional pain. We kind of understand this a little bit, maybe not nearly as severely as they did, but there was no treatment for leprosy, so the only possible method to deal with it was isolation. When someone got it, they were taken into immediate isolation. They were taken out of their home, away from their family, away from their spouse, away from their kids, and put in complete isolation, and they would never... um, There could be no contact. None. Zero. Because there was a fear... That, that it would spread, and so there had to be extreme isolation, and it might mean that not only do you never touch one of your loved ones again, but you may never even see them again. I mean, it was, it was radical and traumatic. Lepers tended to roam together, and they would beg for food, and the reason that this verse says a lot about a loud voice is because it was illegal for lepers to come in contact with people who didn't have leprosy. So they learned to talk louder so that you would hear them coming, you would see them, they would have to talk at you at a distance, so they had to speak up so you could hear them, and they would actually have to proclaim you know, who they were and, and what they had. I know we're entering the holidays and we'll all be around a lot of relatives. Anybody have that one relative that just talks louder than everybody else? Yeah, you know, you know the, you know I'm talking about. And and you just go, do they not know? You know, use your inside voice. You know, we're, it's one of those things. Well, that might be a quirk of a personality, but imagine if you had to learn to speak loudly out of necessity. In other words, every day when you got up, when you encountered someone who wasn't a leper, you had to say, "I'm a leper." I'm dying, I'm unclean, stay away from me. Can you imagine the emotional toll on your life when every day you have to get up and say, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm suffering, I'm hurting, I'm unclean, I have a disease, stay away from me. Can you just imagine the emotional trauma? That's what these people are going through. And they're calling out to Jesus in a loud voice because that's how they talked. Please, have pity on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, and as they went, they were cleansed. Isn't this interesting? On the way to the priest, they're not clean yet, they're just as sick as they were before, but he says, on your way to the priest, you're, you're going you're to be healed. They were cleansed. So imagine how this might have happened. They're walking sick as they were, but as they keep walking, (laughs) sensation starts to come back into parts of their body they haven't felt. Imagine that. A crutch falls to the ground beside them, and they start to walk upright and normal. White little hairs on their body that had been infected turn brown. (laughs) Can you imagine? Maybe a finger grows back, or a limb grows back. And as they begin to look at each other and see their skin come back together and reform, they start screaming and jumping up and down. And madness just breaks out in the scene like, can you believe it? Can you believe it? We're healed and we're well and we're clean. And so what happens is they go to the priest, they're proclaimed clean, and then they go home. Can you imagine what that must have been like? A knock at the door, you open the door, there's your relative there's the one you love who you thought, they're gone. It's over. We'll never see each other again. Can you imagine when they walked into the house and embraced a child or a spouse or a loved one for the first time and said, I never thought I'd touch you again. I never thought I'd be allowed back into this house again. Verse 15 says, all of them went, went on their way but One. One of the ten did something different, the other nine did not do. Look at 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, before he went to the priest, before he went home, before he went back to family, he came back praising God in a loud voice. Probably just because that's what he was used to. You know, still loud, still loud. Or maybe he was excited or both. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. What do we learn about gratitude from this event? Well, let me give you three things today. Number one, gratitude matters to Jesus. Gratitude matters to Jesus. You know, gratitude's not a very uh, sensational thing. You're never going to probably see a conference on gratitude. Gratitude. We have leadership conferences, and we have finance conferences, and we have marriage conferences, and we have um, worship conferences, but you're never going to pack out a conference on gratitude. Books written about gratitude are never going to be the bestsellers. <laughs> they're never going to be the headliners. Gratitude reminds me kind of like of an old chair that you've put in your garage, like you know it's there. And it has too much value to throw it away, but it doesn't really match anything inside the house, so you just kind of leave it there, and you go, "I I don't really know what to do with it. It's there. It's valuable. It's too valuable just to throw out, but it's, but but I don't know what to do with it because it doesn't match. It doesn't fit what I'm doing in here. So maybe I don't know. Maybe one day I'll give it to the thrift store, but." You forget about it and it just sits in the garage in the dark and every time you open the door and the, the light from the open door shines on it again, there it is staring at you and you go, oh, I still hadn't done anything with that chair. What should I do? What should I do with that chair? And gratitude's kind of that way sometimes. It's too valuable to throw out, but it's not really spectacular enough to be part of our everyday life. We don't know what to do with it, and we don't know what to do with it because it requires something from us. You don't just do gratitude. You don't just have gratitude. It requires something of us. You know what it requires? It requires us to look inside. So if I were to say to you today, hey, why don't you just take out a piece of paper and why don't you write down the top 10 things you're most grateful for? I bet you wouldn't immediately just start writing. You would say, oh, yeah, I can do that, but I need to think about that for a minute. Why do we have to think about that for a minute? Why 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 do we have to think about what we're grateful for? Why aren't we just grateful for it? Because gratitude requires something from us that causes us to look inside. And say, well, wait a minute, what do I take for granted? And what what am I grateful for? And what do I, you know, what do I think about my life that's the way it should be or the way it shouldn't be? Gratitude causes us to look inside, and so it's um. It's something that requires something from us, but it's important enough to Jesus that this event is in the Bible. If gratitude wasn't important to Jesus, why would this event even be in the scripture? You have this leper throwing himself at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he's done. And here's what's interesting, just as this leper, imagine this leper who, who, who knows if he could walk, who knows what condition he was in, but he was, he was diseased and dying, and now he's completely clean and well, and he's lying at Jesus' feet, thanking him for everything Jesus did for him, and then Jesus asked this question that on the surface doesn't even make sense. Look at this question. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? It, 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 you would expect Jesus to, for him to be worshiping him and would say, yes, yes, my son, this is exactly what you should be doing, and I'm glad you came back. And he skipped all of that, and the guy's just crying and lying at his feet and thanking him and shouting in a loud voice, and he's like tapping on his shoulder and saying, hey, where's everybody else? This is great and all and I appreciate it, and I'm glad you came back, but hey, have you seen the other guys? There were 10, right? Because I thought there was just more than one. Isn't this an interesting thing that Jesus did? And I don't even think that Jesus expected this one guy to answer for the other nine. It's almost as if Jesus has paused the event so that he could talk to us. It's almost as if he stopped everything to say, wait a minute, this is bigger than you, this is bigger than the other nine, this is kind of about all of us. So let me talk to all of us for a minute. Number two, expressing gratitude matters to Jesus. Now, if you're not paying attention real well, you may be like, wait, that was the first point. No, the first point was gratitude is important matters to Jesus. The second point is expressing gratitude matters to Jesus, and there's a slight nuance there, but they really are different. The other nine lepers were grateful. They, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's that they weren't grateful. I think they were grateful. Can you imagine? We, we can't picture these guys running home, cleansed and healed, kicking the door open, sitting in the recliner, popping their feet up and going, it's about time. I was wondering when this was gonna happen. I don't think it's that they, I don't think it's that they weren't grateful. Think about it. They were dying, they were doomed. They would never touch their family again, they'd never see them again. And then they were healed and they were given another life and they were grateful, and probably tears of joy flowed down their face all the way home. I don't think it's that they didn't have gratitude. I don't know exactly what they went through but I can kind of imagine when I went to see my wife at the nursing home this week it was, a, it was a tough week we sat out on the porch in the wheelchair and she began to cry and tell me all the things she missed I missed this and I missed that and I wish I could do that again and I'm sad I can't do this thing anymore and as she cried I cried we just sat there and cried together on the porch. So we looked out at the traffic going by. And I try to put myself in these guys' shoes and say, "Do you think if Jesus were to show up in that nursing home and lift her out of that chair and her mind were to become clear and her body would have become clear, and I were to be able to put her in a car and drive her home, or maybe she'd drive herself home and walk into the front door and live in our family normally again, do you think we wouldn't be grateful?" Be overwhelmed with gratitude. But I think Jesus is trying to make a point for us. It's one thing to be grateful, and it's another thing to express it. And nine guys, I think, were grateful. I just think they didn't express it. And you, now, why, gratitude matters to Jesus, expressing gratitude matters to Jesus. And the question I have is, why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't expression matter? We believe it matters with other things. We believe expression matters in marriage. I mean, every now and then I'll run up on a knucklehead who'll say, well, the day I married my wife, I told her I loved her. and If anything ever changes, I'll let her know. You know? And you think, that's not going to go well. That is not going to go well. I mean, I'm not a you know, predictor of the future, but I can tell you that is not going to go well. And why should it go well? What a miserable and terrible life. What a terrible marriage to have no expression. I mean, we don't go to birthday parties and say, now listen, rather than singing happy birthday this year, we're all going to wish good thoughts to this person whose birthday it is to ourselves quietly. (laughs) What would life be without expression? What would life be without tears when you're sad? That's why this morning and every Sunday when we come together and online when we talk to you, we say, hey, today, would you just sing with us? Today, would you lift your hands? Today, would you close your eyes? Today, would you pray? Today, would you repeat this scripture after me? Because what we're trying to say to you is, man, expression matters. Because when you express on the outside what's going on on the inside, what's going on on the inside gets bigger. It grows. It grows. And that's why expression in all forms actually do matter. Imagine if God had not expressed his love for us. Would you, If you were honest, would you even believe that he loved you if he didn't express it in any way? Look what Romans 5.8 says. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated, you know another word for that, right? Expressed. God demonstrated his own love for us and this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine if God just kind of wrote it down on a rock somewhere and, or put a message in a bottle and floated it out of the ocean and said, there, I told you, if it ever changes, I'll let you know. But for God to speak so profoundly through the life, death, and resurrection of his own son is an expression of love. Love. It's hard to ignore. And when we forget, we can come back to that moment again and again and again and be reminded no matter how I feel and no matter what I'm going through today, God really does love me. Why? Because He's expressed it. When I was uh, seven or eight years old, um, we were at a relative's house, and our relatives, uh, one of my relatives came, one of my cousins came and said, uh, Hey, we're going to go down to the uh, Wendy's, I think. We're going to get some cheeseburgers and fries. Would you, like a, would you like something? And I was starving, you know. So I said, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd like to have something because we hadn't eaten yet. And they went and got it and then brought it. And I felt kind of funny about it because uh, they got something for me and my sisters. And my parents were just sitting there looking at us, you know. After, after it happened. And on the way home, in the car ride home, this, this, was a, this formed me. This moment partly formed me. On the ride home, they said, hey, don't ever ask anybody for food. You know, that's not polite. And I said, well, I wouldn't do that. I never asked. They asked me. And they said, well, it doesn't matter. If anybody asks you, the answer is, thank you, but I, I wouldn't like anything. And, uh, and what they were trying to teach us was, you know, be polite and all this the thing is though it sort of formed me and taught me to be independent and not to depend on other people for things and that somehow in some way it was wrong when someone you know gave you something or helped you and so I had these moments in my life that I had when someone would do something for me I had overwhelming feelings of gratitude but it was a conflict for me because for me to feel gratitude must mean that someone did something for me and they shouldn't have. And so I had, I had a difficult time expressing it because it felt like the moment was wrong. But I felt overwhelming feelings of gratitude. I was paralyzed inside it. And I, and I wonder sometimes if that's kind of maybe something like what happened here to these 10 lepers. They felt great gratitude But for some reason or another, they didn't express it. They didn't let it out. And it's important enough to Jesus that he put it in the Bible that expressing gratitude grows and changes us. I want you to think this morning all the times that uh, you won't remember all of them, but think of a time that you felt grateful but you didn't express it. What if we stopped calling that gratitude? What if we called that like happiness? Or what if we called that a good mood? What if we only called something gratitude when it was expressed? But think about what was missed in the moment when you felt grateful, but you didn't express it in any way. You didn't let it out in any way. So I've got a question for you this morning. Is Jesus happy with your expression of gratitude? Now, before you feel, you know... Like a hammer coming over your head about to, about to pop you. That's not. Jesus was thrilled with this leper who came back and thanked him. And by the way, Jesus isn't hard to please. It just has to come from the heart. And you just have to let it out. And there really are no other rules. It just has to come from the heart. And you just have to let it out. That's really the only thing that Jesus looks for. When he healed the man, when he healed this one leper who came back and the man began to express gratitude, watch this, it led that man somewhere different than the other nine. Where did it lead that one man? Who did it lead him to? Well, here's the last thought. Expressing gratitude brings you closer to Jesus. See, what happened is, When he didn't just have the gratitude, but he let it out. It led him. Do you see in this verse? Look at verse 15. One of them, when he saw them, he was healed and he came back. He came back. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Nine people experienced the healing power of Jesus, but it didn't bring them closer to Jesus. It only brought one guy closer to Jesus. And it's the guy who expressed gratitude. So you and I can have profound moments of insight and encounter with God. But if it doesn't pour out in some kind of expression back toward Him, then the work of God stops after that moment. It stops after that moment and nothing else happens. Nothing else happens. See, God's greater work in your life flows in your life when you set yourself up in an expression of gratitude when you live a life of practicing and expressing gratitude you put yourself in a posture for god's greater work to happen inside your life i want you to think for a minute of the godliest person or the person most like jesus or the person who's closest to jesus that you know who do you know that's closest to jesus the person the two people the three people whoever they are that you look up to and respect and say i think that person Is close to Jesus I want you to think of them for a minute I guarantee you if we could go around the room this morning and describe who they are they all have at least one thing in common they're all grateful they're all grateful. I don't know and I've never met anybody who's close to Jesus who isn't grateful what do you think that means that means there's something about that old chair that we've shut in the garage that matters there's something about that book that's never going to be a headliner there's something about that character trait that's never going to call a conference together there's something about it in the quietness of it and the humility of it there's something about it that's powerful And so i want to encourage you this month for the next few weeks to practice gratitude (laughs) To practice it with me, to practice it with us. So this morning, I just want to give you some ideas on how you could do it, okay? Here's some thoughts. Here's a way you could practice gratitude. During a meal, when you gather together for a meal, once a week, once a day, whatever it is, just go around the circle and say, hey, while we're eating, why don't we just share for a minute what we're grateful for? I, I guarantee it'll it'll change the tone of the meal. You could... Um, Spend each morning and evening like what if the first thing when you woke up rather than checking your phone or whatever it is that you do shutting your alarm off whatever it is what if what if the first thing when you woke up every morning you said God today I'm grateful to you for this what if the last thought before you went to bed every night was Lord as I go to sleep tonight and I close this day maybe it's just something that happened that day Lord I'm grateful for what happened this day Another thing you could do is you could just send someone a text, a message, snap, whatever, whatever you use, write them a card. We all have people in our life that we're grateful for if we stop and think about it. But what about the difference in expressing it rather than just feeling it? Here's another idea. You could make a, a gratitude list. What if you did spend 30 minutes or an hour somewhere in the next few weeks? and you sat down and you just started making a list and every time you thought about it you added whatever came to your mind Boy, I'm, gra- I'm really grateful for this and this and every morning you could get up and just read it and just start your day by reading those thoughts of gratitude and expressing it here's one how about you just practice 21 days of gratitude with us <laughs> how about you just jump on you know Instagram or Facebook or whatever and you just post something every day. Do you know we're changing the conversation? I'm not saying like globally or anything. But do you know just here locally among our own contacts and networks. We're changing the conversation in this community. Because we're spreading thoughts of gratitude every day. How much better that is than hey look who just got caught doing something wrong. And you know look how much corruption there is. And all of this. What, what, how incredible it is. To hear and to read and to see those thoughts. It changes the atmosphere. And it changes you and it changes me. Would you stand with me this morning? I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll join us. I, maybe you say, I, this is the first I've heard. Okay, do 18 days of practicing gratitude. It's okay. But I hope you'll join us. Because I really believe with all my heart that practicing gratitude allows the Holy Spirit to do more work inside of our life and a different kind of work inside of our heart than when we don't express it. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? And if you're online today, our prayer team is there with you. And they'd love to pray for you.